everybody. Welcome to the Ordinary Guide podcast, where we talk about discipleship and what it means to follow Jesus. We're here today for episode five of season two. Yes. yes. Super exciting. What's up, five. Hunter? What's up, Ruben? Hi, Gabby. Hello. Peace. Shalom. Peace and shalom. Happy Easter week to you, Seriously. Gabby. You too as well. Yeah. Holy week. This, this comes out on, uh, what's the day for Wednesday? There's no name for Wednesday, huh? Comes out on Wednesday of Easter week. What? Normal um, Wednesday? I'm such a Protestant. I don't normal know. Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, actually. Normal Wednesday. Maundy Thursday. Normal Wednesday. Normal Wednesday. Ordinary Wednesday. It's Ordinary Wednesday. Welcome yeah. to Ordinary, ordinary Wednesday. Wednesday and the Ordinary Guide. Yeah, Love it's it. fun. I'm excited for our Easter gatherings. Yeah. This will be a lot of fun. Yep. Yeah, so special. Mm-hmm. But I'm even more excited for our podcast right now. I'm excited, <laughs> yeah. to, talk to, I'm excited to talk with our guest, <laughs> jump into this interview. It's going to be a lot of fun. For yes. sure. Conversations have been so fun. This season, I've loved having guests here. Mm-hmm. Jay was awesome. Candice was awesome. Mm-hmm. Seriously, I love hearing different people's perspectives, like, and how, yeah, just the ordinary guy is like working itself out in mm-hmm. terms of a really helpful framework for discipleship for mm-hmm. all sorts of different. I mean, Jay and Candice are in very different seasons, very different spaces, and to hear their stories and how it's coming together has been awesome. And awesome. I'm excited then to hear, hear another one today. I've liked the snacks we've had with all of our guests. So mm. we had Dorito chips with Jay. That Love was it. nice. Mm-hmm. We had how coffee did you eat those again? <clears throat> with chopsticks. <laughs> you say Doritos with chopsticks. With chopsticks. <laughs> keep so your hands, you. keep your hands clean. Uh-huh. And we had coffee with Candice. How'd you drink that again? Uh, Cappuccino. Oh, yeah, that's right. Cappuccino. (laughs) And then we had pastries. Pastries today. Well, we're having pastries today. We're having pastries today. My bad. Oh, my goodness. We we all bought pastries unknowingly from two local and different bakeries. (laughs) It's to outdo one another in bringing pastries. Yes. It's been super fun. But today we're joined by one of our dear friends, Jocelyn Navarro, Mm. who's a member here at Solid Rock and just a dear, dear friend to us. So it's a joy to have her here with us today. It is. It is. We're excited to jump. Yeah, let's get into it. All right, everybody, let's get started. Today we are joined by Jocelyn Navarro. Yeah. So excited to have Jocelyn. Welcome, Jocelyn. Say what's up. What's up? (laughs) I'm so happy to be here. We are so happy that you're here. Jocelyn Navarro is one of my dear friends. She is a leader at Solid Rock Church. She's actually my small group leader, one of my small group leaders. She is amazing. She is a former pastor a professor at CBU, Cal Baptist University, and University of Laverne. Super awesome. Wow. Yeah. Impressive. Is that that it? No, there's more to say. There's (laughs) more to say. A lot more, a lot more. (laughs) She has a doctorate in education, a master's of science in childhood development, and a bachelor's in biblical studies. And Jocelyn, her recent um, EDD was her dissertation was on trauma-informed care in early childhood spaces, research on how children experience trauma and the neurological changes because of that trauma. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Good super grief. awesome, super important work. Um, Jocelyn started her consulting business, Safe Haven Co., with her husband, Mac, in 2022, which is so cool. Yes. Yeah, Safe Haven is such a needed resource. It is a consulting business that offers education and trauma-informed care, child abuse awareness, protection, and how to create early learning environments that are anti-bias, equitable, and positive for children to be best equipped to learn. So amazing work, super necessary. What a powerful advocate you are, Jocelyn. 
Wow. Yes. Thanks for spending <laughs> your time so with honored. us. Aww. That was such a beautiful introduction. Oh, my gosh. I'm a oh. little embarrassed. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. But we did leave something out, and that is that Jocelyn and I went to college together. <laughs> more yes. than that, we went to high Pretty school. Amazing. Oh, my God. We went to high school together. I totally forgot Even about that. Even more embarrassed. Oops, my bad. Yeah, Where college. But we met in college. Do we fair. share a story? We became Do you friends. have a memory from high school that you'd be willing to share that's appropriate for the Ordinary Guide podcast? Well, we didn't really know each other. We knew in high each other, and oh. yeah, we really yeah. formed a friendship in college. I mean, you probably knew me. I, 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 I didn't know you. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I totally teased. If I, if you wanted me to share like some some visuals of Ruben in high school, I could easily oh, do no, that. Well, oh. I was mean. You set yourself up. Yeah, you set yourself up. What, what was a visual? How would we recognize? Ruben uh, in I mean, high school? there's only ever like been one, but I do remember Ruben walking like from quad to quad with like very like spiky hair, which was in style. Yes. Yes. So hot. Had very transition lenses, so yes. they were, you know, the ones that switch in the light, and he was just really happy and mm. like smiling and oh, nice to everyone. Okay. Oh, that yeah. was a great. Yeah, this is not much has changed. Not you much should, has changed except the faux hawk. Yeah, except the spiky hair. Except the spiky hair. Uh -huh. I'm so happy. Yeah, you're yeah. so happy, <laughs> generally. And yeah. you're still yeah. usually like walking places. Uh -huh. That's true. Yeah. I'm always walking somewhere. No, oh my gosh. <laughs> That's usually how I see you. Yeah. <laughs> sure. It's walking places. Walking. But we did mm, form friendship in college. Oh, we sure did. It's been so fun to be your friend. Oh. Yeah. That's sweet. Mm. Thanks. Yeah, Justin, we love you a lot. We, I mentioned this. You um, are married to Mac, who is on staff here, which is super cool. But you're also mother to Nova, two-year-old. So... Just, you know, wonderful things you bounce in your life professionally, personally, you know, friendship wise. We're super glad that you're with us. Thank you for joining us. Aww, thanks for having me. Yes. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. So we love to get started when we have our guests by starting with just this question, which is what did you learn about discipleship? What is your story of what it, you know, how, we, how you follow Jesus? Yeah. Um, yeah, this is like complex. I was thinking a little bit about this question and it's, I think hard for me to understand what I first learned because I've been working so hard to like unlearn it for so long. Um, so I grew up like in the South. I grew up in Texas in a really tiny town, like 200 people, very small. Um, I think our actual population is like 800 people, but it's such a small wow. town. Like I don't remember ever there being more than like 200 people at any space at one time. And that's usually like a football game on a Friday wow. night. Wow. Um, so I grew up in what's known as like the Bible belt. And mm. in a way, I think I was almost like scared into salvation. Um, and what I mean by that is like that mechanism of like save or burn in hell or like repent and die was a really popular mechanism for converting people to Christianity where I'm from. And so I think that kind of set the precedent for what discipleship has looked for the most part of my life. Um, at a really young age, it's always really felt like it's been organized, like Christianity and my followership of Jesus has been organized around shame um, mm -hmm. and has been organized around getting it right. Um, and that I've, I've always been like kind of, I've been saved from this eternal damnation. So it's been like this really extraordinary thing that's happened to me and I've been mm. set above or yeah. set apart. And so none of it ever really felt normal. So the words like discipleship or followership weren't really used, but they were replaced instead with like this um, informal allegiance to Christ or allegiance mm. to a specific lifestyle. So it never really felt normal. It never felt uh, ordinary for a better term. It was like um, all in or nothing at all. So wow. I think I've spent, yeah, a lot of time just like unlearning, unlearning that part. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
that makes so much sense. And you're going, it was all in from the sense of, like you said, like very fear based, Mm -hmm. like, like very scary message there. Mm -hmm. All in or nothing. Yeah, definitely. Did, did you respond to that? I mean, how, how did you respond to that? Mm-hmm. Well, that's how I got saved. Yeah. Yes. I, I, yeah. I think that it worked for me and I think it continues to work for so many people, which is yeah. so scary is that like, uh. Uh, you know, that fear based mentality or that shame based mentality that like you are nothing, like you are mm. so sinful and that if you mm. don't like repent and turn your life completely like the other direction that you will experience like eternal damnation, eternal hell. And mm. For me, that was really scary at like eight years old coming from well, sure. a really inconsistent or unstable home environment. Like that felt safe and it felt like, okay, well, I, I have to make that choice. And um, that kind of set, yeah, I guess mm. that precedent for just like shame and understanding that like there's nothing normal about following Jesus. Like every single thing that I do in this life has to be set above. It has to be extraordinary. Right. Um, and there was nothing that there was wow. no space for just normalcy. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I hear that it worked. I also want to ask though, like, did it break down though? Like mm. in certain ways, like were there, were, were there ways that then that didn't lead to like peace with God or an inner, like, I don't know, just like relationship based on love with, yeah. with God and Jesus? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it worked initially. Um, obviously it's like what got me to know the Lord. And then I, you know, when I, I moved to California, I went to college with Ruben. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> we went to like a Pentecostal college. And so I grew up in the Southern Baptist movement, like a Southern Baptist church in the South. Um, and then I went to a Pentecostal college where those fears were like reshaped, but they were still the very same fears. And so I think I've spent the mm-hmm. most part of my adult life kind of, um, deconstructing what that looks like. And I think it hasn't provided a safety net for me. I think I've felt like the disconnect between me and Jesus or the disconnect between me and God, because I didn't feel like I had the safety to just be normal. So I think it has, it, it will continue to has, and then will always break down because there's no, there's no real relationship in that if it's centered around shame or fear. Hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yep. Wow. Yeah. That's huge. I think what's sticking out to me from what you've shared so far is like this reality of this clear framework, mm-hmm. right? So going, there was this clear framework, either you were in or you were out. Right. Right. But you're going experientially that brought up so much shame within me mm-hmm. that brought up, it's like there was clarity there, but not clarity internally. Yeah. And that's yeah. where it was like relationally hard between you and Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so as you have learned about the ordinary guide and as you have kind of changed in your discipleship journey, what's that been like to incorporate the ordinary guide? Um, I think the ordinary guide has provided the safety that I like was so desperately looking for. I think it's given me a space to remove those barriers, like the barriers of shame or the barriers of perfection. Um, and it's been really eye opening and it's helped to work on removing anything that felt like it was an impediment between me and Christ, Mm. um, that I had to either be perfect to be in communion with him and it's removed like that fear. Um, especially when I think about some of the practices or, or some of, you know, the things like celebrating and mourning, there was so long in my life where neither of those things felt like they belonged in, in my life organically. Like I couldn't do them organically because if I was mourning something, then it was almost like, what lie are you believing from Satan? Mm. Because you shouldn't be sad about this. And if I was celebrating something, it was like, well, you should be like experiencing the humility of Christ. Like everything you do is like not working for men. It's for working, you know, working for Christ himself. And so it didn't feel natural to be able to experience those things. And so I think it's provided that sense of safety and also given me permission, I think to just like be normal 
normal, um, which is great. I love being normal. It's my favorite thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I mean, it makes me think of like a huge starting place for us is these like paradigm shifts. Like we approach discipleship with kind of this underlying worldview or perspective Mm -hmm. or paradigm. And it sounds like for you, you, you operated with a lot of that performance Mm -hmm. or that shame based experience where it's like, yeah, pride or shame and like you're doing great or not. And instead it's become life giving to see discipleship more as this process, more Mm -hmm. as this like becoming relationally with Jesus and then more like Jesus, but through a process of ordinary life, holistic life, seeing that God isn't Mm -hmm. judging performance every day, critiquing Mm -hmm. performance every day, but instead out of love for Jocelyn is like Mm. forming you through all of life Mm -hmm. into the image of his son. And that sounds like it's been like helpful and life-giving. Is that right? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. I think, um, for me understanding that like I have the permission to just be like me and that Christ Mm. has called me to be me has been so freeing. I think, um, you know, my background is, has been so opposite of that. I grew up in a really abusive situation, so I didn't ever have space to just be me. I didn't have space to figure out like who I was and there wasn't permission to do that. I always had to be a certain way or, you know, at Mm. at some points it was literally like be this way or there was a severe consequence. And that that's like what led me to California. It's what led me to Christ. I was Mm. always fearful of those consequences. And, um, yeah, I think, the ordinary guide in of itself is a, a tool or a resource, but then also just like the the mission of it is just creating that space to to be yourself and like yeah. be who God I think I think has called me to be. I'm still figuring it out, but yeah. <laughs> without consequence, uh, you know, of messing up or um, you know, like disorganizing my relationship with someone who I love so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, it's so restorative. Yeah. It's so like in love rather than in fear. Yes. Like that's really what's standing out. It's like this safety and this motive of love for Jocelyn, like mm-hmm. from God and his spirit and Jesus is like love toward Jocelyn, not condemnation toward yeah. Jocelyn, not yeah, like yeah, just yeah. constant threat toward Jocelyn. Yes. Instead now it's like, okay, all of life is like God's love for <laughs> Jocelyn and like learning to see that and learning now to experience that rather mm-hmm. than that old perspective. Yeah. It's wow. So freeing. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Mm. That's super cool, Jocelyn. <clears throat> and yeah, what good news, right? That all parts of you can kind of be present, be connected with God. Mm-hmm. So as you've been, you know, on this journey, experiencing that freedom, kind of connecting with who Jocelyn is and who God made you to be, um, as you're leaning into the ordinary guide, what category do you find yourself leaning into the most? Yeah, I think right now I'm I'm probably leaning the most into healthy relationships just because we're going through it in our groups and um my life is allowing more space these days for some of the things that have gone kind of like undernourished for so long. So some of those mm. like subcategories that I just haven't had like the space or um time for for so long. I think now in my life and the natural rhythm of my life is organically allowing me to reintroduce some of those things that I just have kind of, um, you know, let disappear like proximity Mm. or mutuality and forgiveness and some of those things. So all of those things in the past few years have just gone away because of the natural rhythm or busyness of having a baby and like finishing school, switching jobs, those sorts of things. So I haven't been able to practice proximity and it's been great for me because I, as an introvert have been like fine with that and like, okay with those things. So it's not only challenging, but I'm also leaning into it the most. And, um, yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's provided like a good challenge and a good call and also really good accountability. 
Mm, that's awesome. And yeah, I think a lot of people can relate with that with life changes and also just working through COVID and quarantine. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, leaning back into relationships is probably, you know, I think a reality for a lot of people in a lot of mm-hmm. different ways. And so I know you mentioning like forgiveness, proximity. Do you have anything maybe like um, you can jump, let us jump into with you about mm-hmm. what that's looked like with one of those things? Yeah, I think um, like a challenge that I'm facing right now specifically is trying to work through like forgiveness, mm. which is one that I didn't think that I would like struggle with as much. I think forgiveness comes really naturally to me as like a person, forgiving other people, extending grace to other people. That would be like a discipleship challenge that I think is is coming up or like stirring up because of the ordinary guide mm-hmm. um so because I'm I, I'm working through that and I think for the most part it's been really refreshing and I'm experiencing forgiveness in a new way um I'm working mm. on forgiving myself which mm. is a really hard for me I'm extremely critical of myself I think for what I've shared previously kind of like adds up to that right, right. like that performance yeah. and that perfection expectation um but also working on things like forgiving like my body, you know, through like health diagnosis and working through forgiving um, my body for letting me down in so many ways, working through like a chronic illness and those sorts of things. Yeah. I've been really angry and not I, I guess I never realized that like I needed to forgive my body, which has been so challenging wow. because if I if I had to forgive you, it'd be like so easy for me. <laughs> but like forgiving a part of me is hard. Mm. And then working on, um, yeah, forgiving people that maybe I just felt like indifferent towards and that indifference was just like a cover up for resentment and those sorts of things. So the ordinary guide is helping me work through some of those things. Mm. It's really natural for me to forgive and then to like move on and just be like, oh no, we're all good. But then going back to some of those things that have like really hurt deeply that I just, I want to forgive, but my body is like holding it against me. so powerful Jocelyn I mean you're 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 sharing on one hand you're saying hey this is so life-giving but then you just shared some really like personal and Hmm. challenging things to that that I think Mm -hmm. we can really relate with and I just I just hear in this 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 invitation from from God like that you have to be experiencing him as like love and for your good holistically in order to like take the risk to like lean into those types of conversation, like even those spaces to Mm -hmm. think about like, oh yeah, forgiveness of myself and, you know, my experiences and other people, like to be willing to lean into those like difficult, uncomfortable things. Mm -hmm. But you're also saying it's been life-giving or there's been like a goodness to that that like you're eager to do. Could you share a little bit more about that? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, in church a couple of weeks ago, you were talking about, (laughs) you know, like the call to forgiveness. And that really touched me. And I've probably listened to like a million sermons on forgiveness my whole life. But what stood out to me the most is that like, like we've also like we've been called, we've been charged with this. And the ministry of reconciliation is something that I don't take like lightly. And that even means reconciling with myself, which I've tried to like for for just like overlook. Right. Like so easy for me to extend forgiveness to other people. But I really struggle like with myself, I think. And 
forgiving parts of me and parts of like my life story without wanting to like burn the entire book is like really challenging because, um, it's just, you know, you're, you're so cringy. Like I just cringe at myself. And so looking at some of those things has been helpful and the ordinary guide provides tools and resources for that. And then doing it with our group and like doing it as a church has been really helpful. Um, my husband and Mac and I have had (laughs) lots of really great conversations because it's, it's been really unique to go through this separately. He also leads a group as well. So talking about it at the end of every week has been really helpful and really fruitful and yeah, it's been life giving in that way. Cause I I think forgiveness would be a journey that I would take individually and now I don't have to. Hmm. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. That's super encouraging. And it reminds me, you know, of what we've been talking about, but what we touched earlier, which is kind of the framework shift of Mm -hmm. going back to process over performance. And it's like, you're going, I've been on that process, right? Taking in love and safety, but it's like, you're going, I guess without that, there wouldn't be the space to forgive yourself. There wouldn't be the space to work through anger and resentment Mm -hmm. because it's, well, you're right or you're wrong. Yeah. Right. And I Mm -hmm. think this is just like so much wider of a space Mm -hmm. for you to kind of work through these things that you know, our burdens for us, anger and resentment do end up feeling like burdens. So I think that's amazing. I think it's hard work that you're doing, Mm -hmm. you know, so good job. I think that's really encouraging and really normalizing. I think a lot of people will relate with that. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. You're welcome. And so as you know, you're sharing so beautifully, Jocelyn, about where you're at, about how life is for you. I'm wondering if you could share maybe just, I don't know, share a story with us about how your life's rhythms are currently a part of your discipleship. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, I am a professor and I work at a Christian Institute. I work at CBU and (laughs) Lance up. Um, (laughs) and, um, yeah, one of the unique parts of working at uh, like Cal Baptist is that like we are required to strategically (laughs) implement faith into our, into our pedagogy or into our mm. teaching or andragogy for adults. And so for mm. me, we were actually like um, rated or like evaluated on our faith integration at the end of the semester. So mm. naturally, like that's a part of my life because I work at a Christian institution. There's also like this expectation for me to go far beyond like my instruction. It would be so easy for me to teach and then disengage. Mm. Um, but so many of my students uh, are, are like seeking that mentorship or seeking that relationship. And it, for me, naturally, it would be really easy to do that with all of them or none of them. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a balance either way. So I think work pushes me to do that because it's a part of my vocation, what I do every day. This is one of the first times that I've I, I have like strategically never worked at a Christian institution. I think mm-hmm. I felt really called to like working in marginalized spaces, working at public school districts. Um, and so when I was called to CBU, I say I really struggled with that decision. Like, is this what God wanted for me? And now it is just like so evident that like that was the right choice and that God mm-hmm. specifically called me to this space at CBU. And I'm so thankful for like his faithfulness because now I get to pour into the lives of my students in much more than an instructional way but um in in like a mentorship way as well Mm. so much of what I do goes beyond the classroom so I think that's a way that my discipleship has um helped and it's also helped for me because I've never been a mentor to like all these students and Mm. that's hard and I don't know all the answers and so I get embarrassed and I get nervous and scared that I'm going to lead them down the wrong path and Mm. so thankful that you know they trust me with their lives and their education um but then Yeah, I I think probably more interesting for me personally, work feels interesting, but like 
my other huge life rhythm that the forefront of everything is that I'm a mom. And as a mother to Nova, I've been really practicing uh, silence and solitude and being more spirit led in the way that I form my daughter. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've been called to steward care very intentionally to her as her parent and as her caregiver. I think it's really natural for me because of my background or my education to cogn- cognitively understand what I need to do in situations to like raise her well and to have her meet her milestones and all of these things. But, um, there's been a distinction between like being her teacher and being her mother Mm -hmm. and mixing those things together. So I've been trying really hard to stay focused on that silence and solitude and really listening to Mm -hmm. what Jesus is calling me to do as her mom. And then also, um, being more spirit led in the way that I care for her and, and love her and allowing Jesus to inform my parenting and not just my training or my background. Um, and that's been, it's not conflicting. Um, it actually works really well together, but there are times where, you know, I have to lean into one more than the other and that can be hard because my safety net is cognitive understanding. It's what I know. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's challenging to like go into the other spirit led space with Nova. Hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. That, and that, I think so many people read, well, I think should resonate. They either do or if they don't, like they should, because that's such a beautiful example of saying like, hey, I want to integrate and see Jesus with me in my like, most normal life rhythm, which mm. is working and then being a mom. Right. And then how do I not rely just on myself or mm-hmm. just kind of think like, this is all just up to me and mm-hmm. work or mm-hmm. as a mom, but actually really be aware of God's presence in that space and the invitation to become like Jesus in those spaces. Mm-hmm. Could you share maybe just like a specific example of the spirit led versus like cognitive space. I, yeah, I don't know if you have like a story or just one example that might come to mind Mm -hmm. to put that on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. We took Nova to the doctor. She just turned two. And so she had like her two month or two year old, um, checkup recently. And, uh, the doctor was telling us, and my daughter is so tiny, like for anyone listening, Mm. she's so, so small. And I'm always so insecure whether she's eating Mm. enough. Like I'm so scared. And that's my trauma, you know, from, from coming from a space where I didn't feel like all of my needs were met as a child. I almost mm. like want to overmeet her needs like instinctively. Mm. So I have to find that balance. Um, and so I get insecure that like, you know, she's not eating enough. So the doctor told us that she was small, but proportioned and just hearing mm. him say that she was like small was like earth shattering for me. I was like, I'm trying, I'm giving, I'm making mealtimes fun. I'm doing all of the things that I need to do. And she just is so, um, extroverted, which is so like <laughs> the antithesis of me. Like she just wants to be with her friends and hang out and eating is like less interesting for her. So the doctor explained that she's normal. She's perfectly fine. She's proportionate. And in that moment, I, you know, my husband Mac and I were together in the office and the doctor was telling us that she's totally fine. She's healthy. She's proportionate. She's just going to be really tiny. She's going to be like five feet, you know, she's going to be small. (laughs) And, um, you know, I could have easily just like gone down this rabbit hole in my mind and I felt myself just like drifting Mm. away about like, okay, how can I implement more, you know, like, uh, carb, carb things like in her meal how can I provide more for her that way and I really felt like God in that moment calling me back to just be like really present with her so that we could pray and I could prepare myself for the shots that she was about to receive so I could be present with her Mm. in that moment and like preparing her that it's going to hurt and she's so brave and that it's going to be okay and she's so strong and asking her how strong she is to prepare her for like the injections that she was about to receive Mm. you know the flu shot um Mm. 
And so, yeah, I, I felt like God called me back to that. It would have been really natural for me to just allow Mac to do that so mm-hmm. that I could just like wander in my brain about like what snacks mm-hmm. I need to go to the store and buy and those sorts of things to like prepare cognitively. But I felt like God was saying just to like be present and prepare your daughter for what she's about to experience, which in her little mind is mm-hmm. a little trauma that she's going to yeah. experience, you know, shots. So mm-hmm. one of the things that comes to mind for me is that what you're saying is really innately you. The, the ordinary guy didn't give you some supernatural power to do what you're doing. Like you're just, you're a really good mom. You're a really good teacher. You're a very good educator. But I, but I am grateful for like the language to it. Mm-hmm. And then, and then hopefully the translation of that into other people's lives. Mm-hmm. So what does, what, <clears throat> what isn't lost on me is the reality that we can talk about these things because of the categories in the sphere of discipleship mm-hmm. and so can other people. Mm-hmm. So, so I, it is, it is just kind of fun to hear you say, Hey, I was in the doctor's office and it was a discipleship moment mm-hmm. yes. or <clears throat> I was in my classroom and it was a discipleship moment. Mm. It's pretty, it's pretty special to hear, Yeah, which is, which is just really hopeful, I think for people because mm-hmm. they might be in a dentist office or mm-hmm. they might they might be in a in a in an office office mm-hmm. unfortunately or a telemarketer <laughs> office i don't know and it's like hey but there's yeah yeah mm-hmm. but there's like but there's discipleship in those spaces yeah. mm-hmm. which is really really special yeah 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 for sure yeah thanks mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> no i'm totally resonating with you guys and like you know, I think what is so relatable, Jocelyn, is like you're going, I have this, you know, like, you know, Ruben saying innately, you are like this distinctly me experience, right? I come from my training, my background, mm-hmm. my knowledge. I kind of know where to go informationally. I know where my body's going to go experientially, mm-hmm. but I feel the spirit leading me to a different form of presence that feels risky, mm-hmm. right? That does feel a little bit like maybe I'm leaving this side of me behind, but it's like you're going, I'm finding safety and care there. Right. Formation for, for Nova, but also for you. Yes. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I think that is so relatable, right? Because mm-hmm. it's so human. We all have these distinct experiences and information that can kind of take over for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like you're going, the spirit is leading me to presence in a way that feels different but necessary. Yeah. 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 Even in just like that moment, it felt so necessary. And in so many other moments, it feels so unnatural or it just feels like, you know, the complete opposite of what feels like safe for me. But yeah, I've had to like come to terms with like, if Jesus is leading me here, I feel very like spirit led in this moment that he's providing the safety for me there. Even when it feels uncomfortable is that he's providing that safety and I have to like trust that, Mm. uh, which is not very easy for me. It's easy for me to fall back on what feels safe for me. And Jesus is safe and he's providing that Mm. in that space. Yes. Yes. It's, it's just to this paradigm of information to formation, you know, too, where, Uh yeah, it's, it's, I totally hear this like reliance that everyone I think can resonate with because they don't have your education, but they have some sort of background in education and it's easy to just rely on like what we know, our information, just information rather even like knowledge of God sometimes can be used to actually then avoid the very spirit of God and the presence of God. I spent four years in Bible college just allowing that to happen. Yeah, for sure. Totally. And, Mm. and you're, what you're saying right here is like, Hey, in just my normal, life, like in the most normal human things about me. And mm-hmm. so wherever people are listening in that too, it's like wherever the most normal human things that you're experiencing are, like yeah. there's a space where, yeah, Jesus, this is a discipleship moment. Mm-hmm. Jesus so is cool. actually forming you. Like there's a f- space to form your faith, form you into the image mm-hmm. by faith and by love, right. which is what you're saying, which is amazing. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Jocelyn. I think that is so relatable and really encouraging. Yay. 
I know we were kind of covering some places that you're leaning into discipleship. Like we're saying, ordinary guides kind of giving us that language and context to really unpack it. Are there any other challenges in discipleship you're facing right now? I know we've kind of been discussing them in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think some of the other spaces that I'm struggling with, other than just like forgiveness, like I shared previously, yeah. that that's a challenge for me. But one of the other challenges I think is probably just all of the disciplines, like all of them. (laughs) The entire category of disciplines is challenging for me because my life has been so full and and beautifully full in so many ways, but like also exhausting in so many other ways for the last several years. So sometimes implementing strategic ways to have scripture read or read scripture or um, experiencing like a Sabbath or those sorts of things feel just like really unnatural for me in my life's rhythms these days. Um, So sometimes, you know, reading scripture just looks like me reading Nova like a bedtime story at night or if I don't have to use it to prepare for a lecture that I'm doing then it just is the first thing to go and so I think all of those disciplines are something that just like easily kind of go out the window for me reading the scripture experiencing you know a a sabbath and like leaning into some of those things is is challenging for me in this season um and I I mean I can do it for sure but it's like the cost is do I like wake up 20 minutes earlier do I go to bed even later those sorts of things and I think yeah there's nothing like extraordinary about me other than I just want to sleep or I just you know I want to like you know make another cup of coffee or something instead Mm. of doing those things so those feel unnatural for me right now and Mm. I hope other people resonate with that because I think it's really normal and for me I think most of the disciplines are are challenging for me in this season yeah just like integrating time for for those things um, authentically in my life is challenging Mm-hmm. Yeah, Justin, I think so many people will resonate with that. And we say this a lot where it's like it's so normal, like you're saying, to be leaning to some of the others mm-hmm. or feeling challenges or, I don't know, exploration. It's like we're going just kind of having the tools to have the inventory. Yeah. It's helpful to kind of do that check. Mm-hmm. 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 And my favorite thing about what you're saying, too, is you're naming like, yeah, this is a challenge and hasn't been like the most natural or integrated space. But you're like, discipleship isn't on the line. Like you're not questioning mm. like God's love for you. Right. You're not like in this model of like, wait, does Jesus love me? Am I with you? It's like, no, you're mm-hmm. articulating very well in the fullness of your life in relationships and work and with people like the spirit of God is with Jocelyn at all times mm-hmm. and showing you and deepening your formation into Jesus in all these ways. And so you can like name and talk through like, yeah, I, I want to learn about these disciplines and lean back into some of them. And maybe mm-hmm. it's a season, you know, mm-hmm. but, but, what, but I think for so many people, spiritual disciplines get elevated to like the mediation between them and God. Like that's all right. Christianity is. It's like yeah. I read my Bible yeah. or I have to learn to do these these things. And if I don't do that, then I'm a bad Christian. Yeah. Or like there's not space with God. And mm-hmm. that's just not the fullness of discipleship. And so mm-hmm. I love even the freedom that you have to like just honestly name what like I think a lot of people resonate and mm-hmm. go through. Um, yeah, just the freedom <laughs> of that. That is like I think the fullness of discipleship. So I appreciate you you sharing that. Yeah, thanks. It's come from lots of deconstruction. <laughs> it's come from a lot of times accepting that like, yeah, I, I think those paradigm shifts that you said, like information versus formation and performance over just being really formed by Christ or informed by him. I don't remember the exact language, but oh, yeah. Um I think that it's come from like a lot of times deconstructing that shame and just like spending a lot of time understanding that that's actually not where Christ is, that he's actually just like with me present all the time, Mm -hmm. consistently in those normal, very everyday, ordinary spaces that he's not just present with me when I'm opening my Bible Mm -hmm. that 20 minutes before I, you know, have coffee or something. 
Mm. And there's a critic that's like, oh, they don't like scripture and they're mm. anti-scripture. Mm. Like, I think we would all say, we, we I, I love scripture. <laughs> oh, yeah. like, I'm a big fan of scripture. Uh-huh. I mean, lest we forget we have degrees in scripture. Yeah. Like, right. we're okay with right. this. Yeah. I, I think what we're, what we're saying is when it... When, when scripture reading relates to self-worth mm-hmm. or even more than self-worth, but like you said, God's, the belief in God's acceptance of us, uh-huh. this is where scripture becomes a tool, right? usually for hierarchy, yes. sometimes for oppression, but certainly for shame. Yes. And what we're saying is, hey, we're just anti that. We yeah. don't think scripture should be uh, used, weaponized to make other people people feel like they're less than. Right. Lest we forget that the printing press didn't even exist for 1,500 years worth of Jesus followers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they didn't have access to this book that they could carry around with them. Now it was in temples and right, synagogues right. and we get that. But uh, I, I think, yeah, we're, we're not anti-scripture. Yeah. We're just saying, hey, let's be realistic about scripture. Mm-hmm. Let's be realistic about what it means to be a full-time professor, mm-hmm. a full-time mom, Mm-hmm. A, a full-time wife, a full-time friend, mm-hmm. and and then and then the reality of 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 even just knowing, that, hey, I, I feel comfortable in my relationship with Yahweh. Right. Therefore, I don't have to use this as a measure mm-hmm. or an acceptance tool. Sure. Yeah. I, I think for so long in my life, it was a mechanism for shame. I think in, only when I let that go did I really experience true, full relationship with Jesus. And for so long, I used so many of the disciplines as like a measure for my success in relationship with Christ and my intimacy with Him. And how could I feel the intimacy that I was actually feeling through worship, through prayer, prayer um, and through just like quiet time with him if I wasn't reading my Bible additionally. And if that wasn't just like the first in the forefront, if I couldn't memorize scripture by heart, if I, if I didn't know like the, I mean, like how to exegete this verse properly in like the Greek or the Hebrew, like for me, Hmm. if I didn't understand those things, Hmm. it felt like, well, how can I even like say that I really have this intimate relationship with Christ? And only through like deconstructing oh. that and letting go of that have I experienced like true freedom and that like Christ is actually very present in that yes but like even so more much more present in where I am uh, alongside mm-hmm. me and in the other disciplines in my or rhythms in my life mm-hmm. I should say absolutely Amen. absolutely Justin so much of what you have shared has been encouraging good news do you have any good news or encouragement for someone who's trying out the ordinary guide for the first time yeah I would say The Ordinary Guide has been so freeing for me. It's provided a a huge net of safety for me to just be like really normal, um, that I don't have to be anything other than like myself, that I'm actually experiencing discipleship in all of these areas already. I think it gives framework and like shared language around what's happening in those spaces. So my encouragement would be to also use the Ordinary Guide as an invitation to like Mm -hmm. take accountability for those spaces and then also to invite someone else in it with you. I've loved going through it in our DNA group. Mm -hmm. I've loved going through it like as a church. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But I think I would use it as an invitation. That would be my encouragement. I've looked at it in that way. I think it's a phenomenal tool. You guys did such a great job. I think Mm. one of my favorite things about it is that you don't have to have like all this intellectual capability to read it, that it's incredibly normal. And, um, and, and I love that. Like I can't mm. talk about it enough. I'm telling mm. all my students about it. I think Aww. it's great. I'm carrying my little tote background. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I do think it's great. So I would say awesome. my encouragement would be to like use it as an invitation because it's been transformative to me in that way. And then also invite someone else to do that with you. Mm, that's beautiful. Jocelyn. Yeah, that's gold. Yeah. That's gold. Yay. 
Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for thank joining you for us for this conversation. Bravo. Thank you for letting us learn from you and be encouraged by you. Aww. So special. Thank you, ghosts. <laughs> thank, thank you, ghosts. Thank you, ghosts and guys. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. Thank you so much for having Go me. Go Lancers. Yeah. Lance up. Yay. Lance up. Uh, what's Laverne? I don't know what that one is. Laverne Le- is just read. <laughs> Read, go readers. <laughs> thank you for having me. Uh, Justin, we loved having you. We love seriously. You. Oh, yeah. thank you so Bravo, much. Say it's hi to Mac honor. and Nova. I will. Yep. Yes, for sure. Thank you. Wow, that was awesome having Justin here today. Yeah, I love, dude, Jocelyn is a boss. Mm. She's an incredible leader. I love just her like professionalism and what a how articulate she is, but then also just how real she was with us mm. and how relatable she yeah. is to see. Yeah, all of her life is discipleship. It was just inspiring mm. to me to become aware of like how Jesus is forming her in all of these different categories and ways and the, the beauty of that, but still some of the challenges. I just thought it was awesome to have her. What'd you guys think? It was really special. I, I I mean, I love Jocelyn. It's been mm. so fun to be friends with her. I guess, <clears throat> gee, I guess we've been friends over 10 years, 10, 11, 12, wow. 13. Wow. 13 years, 14 years since our senior year of high school. That's mm. so cool. So, yeah, yeah. They're, and they're so fun. It's just fun too. I think it's fun to hear the, the how discipleship, Jocelyn was one of the first ones to share how discipleship has informed her her family and just mm. her family life. And it was just neat to hear that, especially from her perspective. I love the idea of silence and solitude and the role that that's playing, even scripture reading with her kid, the mm-hmm. role that that's playing in her yep. life. Totally. Like she said, it just, it seems very normal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I admire her so much. She's one of my leaders for my small group and yeah, she does such a good job. Um, yeah. I think just really doing what she did today, just engaging you. Right, sharing herself and engaging likewise as you're, you know, participating in friendship with her or conversation mm. is so good at just kind of drawing you closer. She's mm-hmm. just a great, great friend. She has to be the most extroverted introvert we know. And that's true, huh? Right. So social, so relatable, but yeah. says she's so introverted. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I loved, I love just, just like one more wrapping thought. I mean, I just think, I know, yeah, I'm, I always do that. I'm like the serious one. That's my, that's my, it's my gift to the, to the podcast. Just, just don't make us cry. We're fine. Yeah. Go oh my goodness. <laughs> go ahead. I just, I, I was just so um, inspired by, by Jocelyn. I think her ability in work in particular, I didn't get to share this when she was sharing, but, but her allowing God to move her like her calling of where she went to work really like asking mm. that question and bring that before God but then day in and day out at work also to say like how is cool. how is that part of her discipleship yeah. and I think sometimes uh Christianity can be like it's all just like where do you go like you have to be somewhere but it's then we forget the day-to-day parts and I just know wherever people are um whatever wherever somebody's going through I, I just hope they're encouraged by what Jocelyn shared you know that that Jesus is discipling them in their work and in that place. So I'm excited to like honestly spend more time in that as we go forward. Mm. Yeah, we were super encouraged by Jocelyn. It was awesome to have her here. And thank you everybody for joining us today. You know, thank you for listening. We hope likewise that you were encouraged. And we also hope that this conversation gives you permission to go at your own pace and follow Jesus. If you haven't already, we want to invite you to subscribe to this podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at the ordinary underscore guide. And you can find the guide and other resources on our website, which is www.theordinaryguide.com. We'll see you next time.